we're overloading our circuits and it is not working, but so many of us have conditioned ourselves to do life this way that we're reaching a feeling of burnout. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. One of the most challenging things about being a 21st century woman for me is that there's so many thoughts and so many things going on. There is so much filling our plates and our minds up. Some of it is the world that we live in, and some of it is because we don't do a good enough job of editing our lives. I'm just not sure that my brain was made for this era. I've definitely gotten myself (laughs) into a place of overload more than a few times in the past year. And I know that a lot of people in our community have been saying the same thing. Today, we're going to tackle this topic from a couple of different angles, where this shows up as a problem and what we can do to start to head towards a solution and towards clearer minds. With our different personalities and our different experiences shining, we're going to cover a lot during this episode, and I'm really excited. Yes. So let's start by talking about the mental side of it. So I was talking to my therapist about this, who, by the way, Susan, she's now a herself listener. (laughs) She started listening in and I kept on talking about the podcast when I was in my sessions. And she's like, Abby, I have to tell you, I just binge listened to the last like three or four, (laughs) um, which also means she listened to the Vanessa Marin episode where we talked all about sex, which I'm like, good. These are the conversations we need to be having more of. But anyway, I was talking with Susan and we were discussing the reoccurring thoughts that can start to be a problem for people. So these are really hard to get rid of. The things that you say in your mind over and over and over again, they can take up a ton of mental space. And the hard part is, is that the more you think about it, the deeper ingrained they get. So you Mm. think that by thinking about it, it's like, I'm bringing it to the center. I can just let it go now. No, it actually gets more ingrained. So one thing that I know many women struggle with, I think about this one often as well, is, oh, she hasn't responded. Is she mad at me? And just that thought of like, oh my gosh, she still hasn't responded. Like Amy hasn't responded to my Voxer. My mom hasn't responded to this text message yet. Wait, did I do something wrong? Is she mad at me? And it can make you do some pretty crazy things out of lack of judgment when really you just need to take a chill. Like just, just take a breath. Just chill out. And in addition, if you have the same negative thought over and over, it can be really consuming. So Kate Bersato, another one of our therapists who we absolutely love, she was on episode 52. Not in the episode, but in conversations that I've had with her offline, she recommends to replace that thought with a positive one. So in my own life right now, Owen, he's really quiet. Like he's a content baby. And when I'm driving, I have this nervous habit of always looking back at the car seat because I feel like I've forgotten him. And I've never forgotten him. I've never left him in a parking lot. But it's this constant thought of, oh, my gosh, is he at home? Did I leave him in the parking lot? Is he not with me right now? And it will cross my mind several times a week. For a while there, I was looking back several times a car ride. Like it would be a 15-minute car ride, and I just kept on looking back because I was getting so nervous. And Kate instructs, okay, so instead of focusing on the negative on this, focus on the positive. So we work together, and my mantra now is – My mama bear instinct is so good that I check in on my babies and can make sure that they're safe from harm. 
So I say that over and over again. My mama bear instinct, it's good. My babies are safe. It's all because of me and my mama bear instinct. And this instantly calms me down. So I don't know what it is about it, but knowing that it's the same situation, I'm still looking back at the car seat, but reminding myself that I am good, he is okay, it just helps a ton. And we're not saying that you have to lead with positivity 100% of the time. Like we are, there is space to be sad, there is space to be upset, there is space for grief. We're definitely not saying the toxic positivity, it can overcome people as well. But you can also look at one situation, two different lights. And that is a choice you can make every single day. And I wanted to go back to when you were talking about thinking about if your friend is mad at you because she hasn't responded, that actually just happened to us. And I told Abby, I'm like, I've received what you have said and I just need time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not constantly thinking about this. You know, we were in a little bit of a disagreement and Abby was constantly thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's this interesting pull of, you know, I think it was probably helpful for me to say, like, I just need more time and that could help calm her mind down. It's kind of interesting when you you like take a step back and you think like, what is actually going on with that other person? And I've learned from my therapist, like we really can only control our end of the relationship. So if you feel like you have done what you need to do, you kind of have to let it be because you can't control that other person's response. And I know that's really hard, especially for some personality types mm-hmm. that would like to check the box. <laughs> but um, it's it's really important to get down. And what Abby talked about with her therapist is something that mine says all the time. She always reminds me what you focus on grows. Almost every session she says this to me. So I constantly think of that. If we're looking for the evidence of why our husband isn't helpful, we're going to find a bunch of evidence. But if we can focus on what he is doing that is helpful or get really specific about what you need, like those are more winning strategies. So part of the conversation that I wanted to bring up that I think a lot of people struggle with is the myth of the multitask. More and more people have found out about this, but not everyone is implementing it into their daily schedule, and that includes me. I was reading an article in preparation for this episode from the Cleveland Clinic, and it was entitled, Why Multitasking Doesn't Work. It said that one study found that just 2.5% of people were able to multitask effectively. And yesterday when I was telling Drew about this, he said that he's in that 2.5%. Everyone thinks they're in the the (laughs) 2.5%. So I had to say, that is just not true. Like chances that you can multitask effectively are very, very slim. And like Drew, like Abby, like I know that this might be hard news for some of you. But it's it's just true. A lot of us are doing tasks in really rapid succession or we're task switching rapidly, not truly multitasking. The article said our brains do such a better job when we're able to focus on one task at a time. And I think, I truly think this is why women feel burnt out because we're trying to do five things at once, 
while simultaneously thinking about five other things at once. Like we're overloading our circuits and it is not working, but so many of us have conditioned ourselves to do life this way that we're reaching a feeling of burnout. Like we have to start to think about the mental load of our daily habits. I know that this year, our pandemic year has been really, really tough. I understand that that is one reason why women were so burnt out. But I do also think that we have some habits that aren't helping ourselves. So how can we start to move into a different direction and feel better? So the more we multitask, the less we're actually able to accomplish because we slowly lose our ability to focus. I know that really resonates with me and I know that I felt that myself. If we're constantly attempting to multitask, we don't practice tuning out the rest of the world to engage in a deeper processing and learning. And this was said by Dr. Cuba in that article. So this is one area that really comes up with me. I know what I do is I task switch very often because I feel like there are so many things that are pulling at me and asking for my attention. But the truth of the matter is I have learned, and I think so many of you might be nodding along, is that I have to slow myself down and focus on one thing at a time. Well, on that switching of gears and switching of tasks, it takes so much energy. Like that stopping and starting, it feels like you're chipping away at a bunch of the tasks because you're able to look at them and be like, hey, there's this task, there's this task. But then at the end of the day, you have 10 things that are 80% done and that doesn't feel good. <laughs> like it feels good just to, for me at least to finish this task, write it off the to-do list and be able to go on to the next one. So to help with this, if you really can't stop thinking about that thing that you need to do, like instead of going forward and trying to actually do that thing, just jot it down on paper. So my personality, it tends to like actually writing it down on paper. That helps me yeah. out. It's out of my head. It's on paper, but I also know that I won't forget it. So that's one thing that I'm always worried I'm going to forget it. Like, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to respond to this or book this appointment or pick this thing up. It's like, no, just write it down on the paper and then do it later. But also know that your list, it can't be a mile long. So it's not about dropping your standards, but it's really more about setting realistic ones. Yeah. So when you think about this in your life, Amy, what are some things that have helped you? Well, I like the idea of a list because think about how much mental energy it takes. Like I can name an example right now. I'm supposed to order these pictures for Drew's parents' Christmas present, which we're having Christmas in March. But I just keep being like, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And if I would just write it down so that I know that I wouldn't, or if I could just find an opportunity to do it and just get it. But the mental load of like carrying these things is what is bogging down so, so much of us. But I have three switches that I have made lately. And I thought I could share those because I know that a lot of women are also working on this. So I'm back to time chunking. That is when you put out a schedule in front of you, you have specific times and specific tasks that you are going to accomplish. I know what I need to get done each day. So I write out a schedule and I try to really stick to this. 
I learned about this in nursing school and I executed it so well. You guys, I would take 50 minutes of schoolwork where I could not look at my phone. I could, I wouldn't even let myself pee. Okay. Like I don't, I probably don't need to do that quite intense anymore, but I wouldn't let myself get a snack, anything like in those 50 minutes, I had to focus. This was a very fast moving, accelerated nursing program that I was doing in my apartment. Like I had to figure out how I could be disciplined. And that's where I learned that this works so well. So I have been putting that into place and I can tell you, I feel so much more productive. I feel so much better. It's just you you feel more clear when you have a plan. I know that even in the corporate world, this can come up when a lot of you will check your email constantly, like be pulled into your email all the time when it's like the fact of the matter is if you would time chunk and then address the emails timely, but later, it would just feel so much better for your mind and so much better for you. The next one, number two for me, was realizing that almost nothing is an emergency. So often, Abby or someone from the Expecting an Empowered team would ask me for something and I would respond really quickly. I was pulled out of whatever I was doing to help that person get what they needed. But that goes back to the task switching that I was talking about earlier. Um, And a lot of times it was pulling me out of like my creative zone. And then I would kind of get distracted and it was hard to get back to work. So for our Patreon members, they are reading the book Untamed with us. And Glennon Doyle gave a perfect example in it. She talked about how her text messages don't own her. I think a lot of us as women, we have to start taking back our time and protecting our peace. And that means that we are not available to everyone 24-7. That is just not sustainable. I know it's something that I've fallen into, but the people can wait till your Mm -hmm. next patch where you can feel like, okay, I'm done with this momming task. I've got a bit of a minute. I'd love to respond to my friend's text messages. So that was number two for me. Number three is, oh, this one is... Oh, this one hits. I don't always have to be productive with every second. I am recovering from this. I literally, I was telling Abby just before we started, like I was in a season where every single minute was spoken for and I was doubling up on tasks. So if I was working out, I felt like I needed to listen to a business podcast to move my business forward. And I'm like, Amy, who wants to work out to a business email marketing (laughs) podcast? Like this is not going to work. Like it just, it, it got to a point where I was just like, this is not in alignment. Like I want to listen to some rap when I am working out and just have that be a time where I can take care of my body. And I didn't have to mentally also be taking notes for what email list strategy I needed to put into my business. So I realized that this wasn't a winning strategy. I also wanted to say like sometimes, I mean, we're a podcast, so we want you guys to listen to us, right? But you can't always have people in your ear. Like 
we have lost the ability to be by ourselves with our own thoughts. This is myself included, but I needed to start being like, you can go for a walk and not listen to anything because like you have to hear what your mind is saying. What is Amy saying? What does Amy need? I needed space to have clarity and I couldn't get that by plugging in a podcast, plugging in an audiobook, like not giving myself a second of downtime. I think that our generation of women and moms really, really, really struggles with this. We're constantly on. If we have a bit of downtime, we're plugged into a device, a Netflix show, a Bravo TV show. You know I love those. But we need some time where we're able to just be like, enough. I've got to be off. And let's take a quick break here to bring up our podcast sponsor, which is BetterHelp. I brought up Susan at the beginning of this episode. Hello, Susan, again. We've been working together for many, many months now, and she's been able to get me through some really tough times. And that feeling of always being on, that's a conversation that we have had over and over and over again. And if you're having that same thought go through your mind, or if you're having marital troubles, or if you're going through a tough time in any way, talking to a licensed health professional it can be so impactful. Like Amy and I talk about this day in and day out about how impactful it can be to speak to somebody who knows the right questions to ask, knows the things that can help you out and is able to bring it to you in a way that is easy to comprehend. There are over a million people who are using BetterHelp right now, including Amy and I, and we do have a discount for you on the podcast today. So if you go to betterhelp.com backslash herself, you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, backslash herself for 10% off your first month. And heading back into the conversation, Amy, you had brought up about the text messages not owning you and Glennon Doyle saying that so well in the book. When <laughs> I like highlighted it and starred next to it when she said that because 100%. And it's not just text messages. It can be your email inbox. It can be your DMs. It can be that Zoom chat. Like, does anybody else have nightmares of that ping going off in their sleep? Amy's like, I no. don't have that. <laughs> I hear it all the time. I'm like, wait, is that my Zoom chat going off? Does someone else need me right now? It it throws us off. When we're constantly being needed by someone else, it can throw us off. It can, it can take a few seconds. It can take a few minutes to really refocus. And those minutes add up. I'm only checking these a couple of times a day. That helps a ton. And Amy also mentioned time chunking. So going back into the corporate world, if you are at a job where you're sitting at a desk or you're working with other people, that time blocking could literally look like putting blocks on your calendar when you're doing tasks. That way your team knows that you're off the grid that you are unavailable, that that is time that is spent for you to do something else besides being available to answer the other team's questions. I think of it with this next analogy. It takes the same amount of time to sweep a super dirty floor as it does to sweep a semi-dirty floor. So like, hang with me here. When, when we're trying to clean up all throughout the day, when one mess gets spilled and you clean it up and another mess gets spilled and you sweep the entire floor, it can take up so much of your day. But if you just wait until the end of it and start sweeping and cleaning then, you save a bunch of time. And you save a ton of sanity in the process. So just letting things accumulate instead of getting in there constantly, it can help our mind just be at so much more peace. You love house analogies. Remember <laughs> in the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about some windows, some windows open. and I... Oh, yeah, the windows being open. When all the windows are open and you're trying to figure out which window do I close first and you're like running around being like, I need to close this one. There's rain coming over there. I got to close this one. It's like, no, just take your time to close one window and move on to the very next one. I think it's maybe it's because we're in house so much right now. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> one other thing that Glennon Doyle brought up in, in the book was 
that when our brain has time to get bored, that's when we can actually start having some of those creative juices start flowing. But we rarely let ourselves get bored. We're reaching for our phone. We're on to the next task. And a lot of our lives are really, really full right now. We are being pulled in a million directions. Things are tugging at our energy. And there's times when like Amy and I will be talking, we're figuring out topics, we're going on to what the podcast is going to look like next. And my work emails will start to filter in on my phone. They'll start pinging. And even if I turn them off, I can tell that they're still going off because like it's like the the vibration on there. I'm like, ah, and it's hard to be able to focus on Amy, focus on the podcast, focus on this life-giving work that I'm doing right in the moment when another title is also pulling at me. Yeah, that just happened the other day. I was like, Abby, can you focus on this? Because I could tell that she was distracted by trying to do five things at once. I could see it in her eyes. It was like her hand was like itching to get the ping on her phone. And this morning I did it to her. When I came in, I asked her a question and then I didn't really listen to the answer. And I was like, wow, I just didn't listen to that answer. So I feel like just coaching your brain like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. Or this is who I'm talking right now. Like people can tell when you care and you're present and people can tell, like Drew sometimes will be like, you literally just didn't hear what I said. And I'm like, like, because I'm on my phone, you know? And so we just want to give pushback to these habits that our generation is falling into because it really does affect relationships. It affects communication and it really affects your mental load. And nobody is getting the best version of you in those situations. Like work isn't getting the best version of you. The person you're talking to isn't getting the best version of you. The conversations you're having on your phone aren't getting the best version. And this happens a ton when we're taking care of our kids. Like we love our children. They are so much fun. But it's really hard to be a great parent while also having a workday planned or trying to clean your house or trying to do things while also taking care of kids. And I know so many of us are in this position right now in, in the last year with less support. It could be a really tricky balance. Like I, I would even say that there, there can't be a balance. Like it's very hard to make any type of balance when you're trying to do too th- many things at once, especially when one of them is being a parent. You simply can't do all these roles at the exact same time without sacrificing your quality. And we've been talking about multitasking a lot. The The only time, so I, everyone thinks they're in the 2.5%. I, I think that I'm in the 2.5% as You well. and Drew are <laughs> taking up space. But when I actually pause to think about it, like the only time that I can actually multitask and do it well is when I'm doing one mindless task at the same time that I'm doing something that actually takes my mental strength. So pumping while responding to emails or pumping while writing a podcast episode. Like those are things that I can do because the pumping, it's seemingly a mindless task once you get, once you get all all set up. Yeah. And that was actually in the article is multitasking can only work if one of the tasks is mindless or you don't need your full attention. So one example that comes to mind is watching that Bravo show while folding your laundry. Like you don't have to soak in every word that a a housewife says but you can have some entertainment by watching it and folding your laundry at the same time. So it works in situations like that. But when you're doing more important things, it's really good to be able to prioritize and execute or prioritize and realize some things are just going to have to come later. It's like when Abby was talking about being a parent, and we've shared this example before, it's like, I just know that I am not 
the best version of myself if I'm trying to be mom to three kids, which is very demanding, and trying to answer my phone or do whatever I need to do. So I'm a way better person and parent and I feel better mentally if I can be like, this is my focus right now. And in 30 minutes, I can say, okay, Cole's napping. Max and Trey are going to watch something and I can get to that. Mm-hmm. I like that you said 30 minutes too, because a lot of us, well, in my black and white mentality, I'm like, this is the day that's devoted to my children. It's like, no, there can be breaks in the day where you're taking time away. There needs to be breaks in the day where you're taking time away from that role um, in order to do the other things. And one thing that I did want to state in this episode is about the mental energy that it takes to really go through something that is really, really difficult and how that can directly affect your outward productivity. So I'm an achiever. I like being productive. I like having things checked off the list. But when you're going through something so hard, like when we received our Down syndrome diagnosis last April, I couldn't do anything for days. Like things like cooking, cleaning, like even showering felt like a really, really huge task. And thinking and feeling, like those two things, just being able to think, just being able to feel, they were the only two actions that I was actually able to get at during that time. And it can be hard. Like I was really, really hard on myself. I, I felt like I was letting Amy down. I felt like I was letting my kids down. I wasn't able to pull my share at work or Colin was picking up a lot more things. And he was going through the same type of struggle. But they all understood. I'm mean, Maybe not my toddlers. They were, <laughs> they were probably thinking like, Mom, what's going on right now? But having that outward support made me feel like my only job at that time was to survive and was to take care of myself. So just goes to show that many times in your life, your thoughts are your productivity. Like it doesn't have to be something that is checked off on a list. It doesn't have to be something that you can show to the world. Your thoughts and feeling and taking care of yourself, that can be your productivity. And it might not show up on paper. As an achiever, it's easy to have a lot of self-judgment. It's easy to have a lot of frustration when you're not getting things done. But just be kind to yourself and show grace on yourself there. Yeah, I love this episode. I told Abby my overarching point of the episode is that we're really in charge of editing our own thoughts in our own life. You know, I wish other people could do it for us because that feels easier, but we can only do it for ourselves. It's really about setting healthy boundaries for yourself, figuring out what's working and what's not working. Like this has been trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been... Mm-hmm doing entrepreneur life for over a year now. And I've just found like, okay, I have to start time chunking because like this just isn't what I'm doing right now. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel productive. And with time chunking also comes space. I'm like, I'm also creative. So I need, I'm going on really long walks, you know, 45 minutes to be in nature and be by myself. And I also need that. So it's like, we don't have a perfect equation for you, no. but what we have is experience and trial and error and knowledge from experts, and we're going to keep serving that to you. But hopefully you can get to a place where you're feeling less overwhelmed, more in control, and you're living a life that feels good to you. And to finish up today, we have a small ask of you guys. We are getting closer and closer to a million downloads. I think we're right at 850,000 at the time of this recording, which is so exciting. Like that is all of you listening every single week. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Would you be able to share this with a friend? 
bonus if the friend has not listened to herself in the past. That would mean the absolute world to us. And thank you again for being part of this community.